All right. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about the beginning of Jesus's ministry and specifically a, a particular part in Jesus's ministry. But I think it's a, important to give a little bit of context as to, to where we're at. So Jesus, obviously, like at the age of 13, was already teaching in the synagogues and was sharing his knowledge with the leaders of the synagogues. But you find in Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus truly begins his like earthly ministry, where he's like he's fully into this. He's rebuked the devil in the wilderness after being persecuted and, and tempted by the devil for like 40 days. And so he's resisted the devil. He's called his first disciples. You find that John the Baptist has prepared the way and that John the Baptist has has dunked Jesus in and then and then God has looked upon down on Jesus and has said, This is my son with whom I am well pleased. And so you have all of this in the preparation for what is going to be the ministry of all ministry because it's God in the flesh and he's bringing the heat. You know what I mean? And so he has his first sermon in Matthew chapter 5. And, and some of what I just gave is also can be backed up or found in the other Gospels because you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, so Jesus gives this long sermon. His first sermon is the Sermon on the Mount, and it's the long, it's the bread and butter. I mean, it's literally from Matthew chapter 5, the second verse of Matthew chapter 5, or third verse of Matthew chapter 5, all the way down to Matthew chapter 7, and I think it's like 90% of that book. I think the very end, it's whenever he's stepping down and he cleans or heals a leper. But the rest of it's just red word after red word after red word after red word because Jesus is just pouring it out. And so it's a really long sermon, but there's so much. It's literally all meat. Like it's all good. And it's not like when you think of a long sermon of like a preacher today where a preacher has a very long sermon, it's because they're expanding on a specific topic. Like, for example, heck, it's what I'm doing today. But whenever you take like if we're talking about um, loving your brother, then a preacher will take and they'll expand that concept. They'll bring different passages of scripture into it. And then they'll say, this is what Jesus said, and this is what God said, and this is what the prophet Elijah wrote about it, and all of this. And so you have all of this where you bring in because you are supporting the idea. Jesus didn't have to do that, because even though in in many instances he does mention the prophets, and he does bring in things, but what you find is that he's bringing new. He brings new law, new covenant. And he's doing this all new because it's the direct word of God. He doesn't have to expand it or widen it or prove his point. When he says it, it's factual, no denying it, right? And so you have where Jesus does this long sermon, but it's all, there's no filler. It's all just boom, 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 point after point after point after point. And so when you read it, much like a regular sermon where bits and pieces and nuggets will fly over your head. There's Some of those things can fly over your head, and it's not that big of a deal because maybe it was a story that's just supporting the idea. Like you might have got the central idea. You might have just missed some minor points. Like Jesus is giving it in like, you don't want to miss any of these, like any of what he's saying because it's all, I mean, it's all factual, it's all good, and it's all relevant. Um. And it sounds like I'm saying when you listen to a regular preacher, it's okay if you don't listen that well. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like this is 
important that whenever you read this Sermon on the Mount, you're taking and you're breaking it down because there is a lot there, and there's no filler material. It's just there. So anyway, there's a specific part in the very beginning, right after he talks about the Beatitudes, which are the blessed are these people, and it talks about blessed are um, those the peacemakers, and blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, and it's hitting all of this, and then it talks about salt. We're not going to talk about salt today, although I think salt will be brought back up at a later date, even though it's only one verse right there, just salt. It's Matthew 5.13. Um, what I really liked was the continuation in 14, 15, and 16, those verses. It's so good because it's something that I think we all don't do, and which that's everything on this. There's so much good here. And so you could literally do episode after episode after episode of just verse after verse after verse of the Sermon on the Mount. But in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A city set upon a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So, what it's talking about, and what Jesus is saying, is that what I give you, and this knowledge I share with you, and your decision to pursue this, don't hide it. And I think that's something that a lot of us end up doing. Um, not to you know call you out, but this is me included. I think a lot of us are Sunday to Sunday Christians. Or we're Christians and we we talk about things of God and we want to have that discussion around certain people. But when it comes to other people, we don't want to bring it up because maybe they'll view us differently. Or maybe they they will be like, man, will he just stop talking about that? This has nothing to do with me. Blah, 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 blah. Right? And so we tend to suppress our faith. And we suppress our desire to discuss because we don't want to we don't want to make anybody uncomfortable or whatever the case is and it's all just a bunch of it's all dumb we're just being dumb i mean like we have the good news share the good news if you're not sharing the good news then what was your objective in trying to pursue the good news right and so anyway you have where jesus mentions this light and he mentions that who lights who lights a lamp? And like, I think what happens is a lot of us will light a candle. And we have this candle that's burning bright over the course of something. Like, when when I when I was younger, and this isn't that long ago, but I used to go to these youth camps. And we would be away for a weekend or for a week. And it would be like this spiritual like high where everything that we did was centered around God the worship the the games the activities the messages the conversation everything was centralized on God and so it was like this kind of like it was this fun week and I always looked forward to it whenever I started going to them because it it felt so healthy and it felt so good and I left it like wanting to change the world but then you'd get, you know, 
two days down the road, three days down the road, and you would find that like you missed a a Bible reading that you said you would do, or maybe you want to go somewhere else, but you're supposed to go to church that day, so you decide to skip, and then, well, if I've skipped this one time, maybe I can skip next week too, and just you slowly distance yourself all over again. And so you go through these moments, you go through these valleys, and you go through these hilltops. And so when we do this, we find that like over time, the valleys tend to get deeper, and the hills never seem like they're that high, right? The further and further we get away from God, it seems like the valleys tend to cut really deep, and so when we're on a hilltop, it really doesn't feel like we're getting that high out of it, right? So it's a, it's a result of us distancing ourselves and us suppressing God. That's what it is. And I was watching a movie movie recently and um it's a it's one of those not the original like Harry Potter movies which immediately some people whenever I mention Harry Potter are like blasphemy those movies are antichrist or something. I I don't know. I've heard people make jokes like that before. I don't really know what's the meaning behind that, but there's a like a uh, you have your main Harry Potter movies, and they have like branched out and made these new m- movies called like Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and it's like these new storylines of the same universe that Harry Potter takes place. And so, in the first movie, you learn about this thing that's causing all of this destruction, and it's um, Lord, what's it called? Obscurus, I think, is what it's called. But it's a result, okay. In the movie, it talks about it being the result of the suppression of their, like, magical powers. And so when you suppress and suppress and suppress, then you tend to lash out. And so this is the lashing out of some witch or wizard that has an obscurus because they've had to suppress their um, power. And they've had to suppress their, like, wizarding power or whatever. But... What I'm trying to say and what I'm getting to is that when you suppress faith, when you suppress God, when you suppress the things of God, when you know what you're supposed to be doing but you don't do it and you go away from it, all that's going to happen is you're going to get farther and farther and farther and farther away from God. And so what happens when you get farther away is that your outlook and your situations and your perspective on life tends to get worse. So when you used to go through trials, you would be able to still be happy and be joyful because it says in James, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that it is a testing of your faith. And so when you go through these trials, you would be like, yeah, this is hard, and this really hurts, and I don't necessarily enjoy this, but I understand that it's for the greater good, and that ultimately, if I stick this thing out, and I stay close to God, then I will come out of here stronger, and better, and in a better place than whenever I went in, but whenever you stop understanding that, when you stop believing that, then the trials become well, this is just ridiculous. Why is this happening to me? Why isn't it happening to them? I mean, I'm doing what I'm supposed to, and they're not, so what's going on? And so you have this image of a hill with a light on top, 
or a hill with a city, and then it says with a lamp, and then putting a basket over it. What happens when you put a basket over it is it dies. Like if you take a candle and you put a lid on it, you burn out the candle. And a lot of us have a candle lit and you believe. But that candle, one, is very dim. And two, any time that somebody who maybe doesn't believe as you do, you tend to kind of hide the candle. You hide that light. You don't let them know what you believe. Like you avoid the conversation because you know whenever they say, well, what do you believe? And you're like, well, I'm a Christian. They're like, really, you're a Christian and you do this? Really, you're a Christian and you do that? Then you immediately feel like you're getting called out. So you're just like, what if they don't know? Then I don't have to worry about it. Because see, a lot of us don't take personal conviction seriously. We take the condemning of others around us as important. Like God tells us not to do something, but as long as we do it and nobody else knows about it and they don't judge me for it, then what does it matter? But once they know, then it's a problem. And and this, I think, is evidence to a lot, a lot of people. I, this would be kind of, I think, whenever you were in high school, um, uh, the guys I know in high school, when you were a guy, like... 90% of guys in high school watched pornography. But whenever somebody would say he had it on his safari whenever he opened his phone earlier, everybody would get on him, and that was whenever you felt guilty about it. Even though it's wrong all the time. It was the convictions of other people, the other people seeing you do wrong, and the other people calling you out that you actually felt sorry about. See, a lot of us feel guilty when we're caught by man, and we don't feel guilty whenever we realize God sees us all the time. And some of you are like, I felt that before, and that was that initial lighting of the candle, when you actually realized all the things that you did wrong and how good God was, you then fell in love with this man who took on the cross for you. But then as distance happened and you separated, that realization became less and less and less. And so now you have that candle barely on, where if you look really closely, you can say, yeah, he's a Christian. But whenever there's an actual testing of your faith, and whenever people actually question it, you begin to try to suppress it and hide it because you don't want people to see it because you know that you're not doing what you should. And you know that your belief will break down because you're saying one thing, but you're doing another. You're saying you're walking right, but really, Monday through Saturday, you're walking left, and then only on Sunday are you doing as you should. So, when we walk our life out, and when we step the step of faith, and we do this, it is important, as verse 16 says, in the same way, let your light shine before others. 
so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Not so that God can see it and be proud of you, but so others can see it and they can say, wow. Right? It's not about doing it so that you're good with God. It's that doing it so that other people can focus on God as well. This faith, this belief, what God has done in your life is not just between you and God. It is designed so that you share that good news, share what God's done with your life so that other people can have that relationship that you have with God. Don't suppress it. Don't hide it. Be proud of it. Be bold in it. And when you meet trials, as James says, of various kinds, count it joy. I hope to see you all in the next one. Y'all have a good one. Peace.